And we are live for the 136th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. I'm your host, Matt Lesluigi. And tonight, it's me, it's Andrew, and it's G. How are we doing, fellas? It's been a while. Hey, long time no talk. What's going on, guys? Happy 2023. Yep, first show of 2023. Obviously, you know, we haven't missed too much, right? It's over Christmas and the holidays. The offseason kind of takes a little bit of a break, but... Hey, we got a lot to talk about, right? Obviously, the Yankees haven't had a huge offseason, but I think better than most of us expected, right? Obviously, getting Judge back, getting Carlos Rodon, six years, under $62 million, that, you know, a legit number two. We may have the best one-two punch in baseball right now, arguably. We'll talk more about that later. But, yeah, it's it really has been much to talk about, but. I mean, around the MLB, we've we've had some funny things happening this offseason between, you know, obviously the Mets, the Carlos Correa saga, um, whatever the hell they're doing in Boston. So it's been eventful. We've, we've had some things to talk about. But guys, uh, January 19th, 2023, obviously still a couple months left of the offseason, but it kind of feels like the Yankees are mostly done making moves. I remember they said we're not finished and then. You know, no, nothing really happened after Odone. Uh, I, like, there's still the opportunity for things to happen, but for the most part, I think the Yankees are mostly done dealing at any major moves. Am I right, guys? Yeah, I, I, I think you're, you're spot on in that we were expecting, well, at least it was teased, right? Uh, I, I don't want to sweep under the rug the fact that the Yankees brought on board Brian Sabian and Omar Minaya to to join Brian Cashman's team in the front office. Uh, anytime you get two former GMs um, that don't actually have to be the GM, um, it, it definitely doesn't hurt. Um, I'm looking at, at the show notes from from the last time we it looks like our last episode was right after George signed. So we didn't actually officially talk the Rodon trade. So like that was a good get. Um, of course, Judge was named captain a few days later or actually at his press conference. Um, but yeah, all in all, it's been a very weird offseason. You look at it, I think passing put out um, a couple of days ago was saying something along the lines of like, you know, however many billions of dollars were handed out in, in free agency and the team that spent the most isn't who you think it is. Like, cause it wasn't the Mets cause they were signing everyone. If they'd signed Correa, which we'll get into um, they would have been the number one, but the Yankees have actually spent more money in free agency in total committed dollars, not in added 2023 payroll, but in total dollars because of the judge deal plus the Rodon and bringing back Rizzo. Um, but yeah, it's been a weird year. Like they've spent, over half a billion dollars in long-term commitments, but the only real improvement on the roster is adding a, a number two, right? A, an arguably a second ace mm-hmm. um, while we saw Justin Verlander leave the American league to, to sign with the Mets. But, but outside of that, like the Yankees still have question marks that w- we can get into in, in the show tonight, uh, shortstop, third base, left field, um, potentially number five starter. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been weird. Uh, not, not a not a bad offseason by any means, but it does feel like we've been waiting for something else to drop, and it just hasn't. See, I, yeah, I wouldn't say like a bad offseason. I I would describe it as better than expected. Because not gonna lie, I think I had some pretty low expectations after the end of the season. But yeah, I'd say I was pleasantly surprised by the offseason we had. And well, yeah. So I mean, I'm definitely definitely happy. Obviously, the most important thing was resigning Judge. Um, and I'm not sure anyone really had serious expectations beyond that. So watching them go in on Rodon, 
and listening to that all play out was a pleasant surprise. Um, and then, of course, right now we all have like a little bit of a what the fuck because Michael K and I guess, you know, some other members of the baseball media were like, you know, Yankees aren't done. They say they're not done, you know, and of course, we'll, I'll qualify and say, you know, Yankees don't leak and Brian Cashman, you know, you're never going to get shit out of him. So, like, a trade could break at any moment. Not that I'm super expecting anything, but like, um, it was teased that there was more on the way. And because of that, I'm like ever so slightly disappointed. But I think getting Rodon was uh, a nice improvement. And otherwise, everything is pretty much the same, except Tommy Canley's back. And the bullpen, let's say, is slightly better. Yeah, obviously, the bullpen has a lot to do with, in my opinion, if how fast if King can get back, right? Because um, obviously, he was our best bullpen arm last year until he got hurt. But yeah, this look, the way I describe like Andrew was kind of alluding to about, you know, this team's really not much different other than adding that number two pitcher. Right. And look, Carlos Rodon had back to back great years. Right. And hopefully he continues that pace. And like I said, along with Cole, that could be the best one two punch in baseball for the next few years. Right. That's what we're kind of hoping for. But offensively, and this is something I've kind of been thinking about for the last few weeks. This team, it's almost not impossible because there's a lot of ways where this offense could be a little bit better than last year, but you just have to consider and kind of tell yourself like, like the, let's say that judge next year, you know, stays healthy, 140 games, hits 40 home runs, right? 880 OPS. That's still a great year, but that's still 22 less home runs than he had last year. Right? So the fact is you can't rely on judge to do have like a, you know, the best offensive season since 2002 Barry Bonds again. Right. So just going off that, there's going to be some sort of regression to the mean. Now, if got maybe guys like Harrison Bader and DJ and Rizzo all have, you know, slightly better years and it ends up evening out, who knows? But, you know, it's it's tough to rely on that, especially considering Rizzo and DJ's age or, you know, maybe you, you bank on Donaldson having a better year, maybe bank on getting more production out of the shortstop position. I don't know, but it really is tough for me to really argue and really believe that this offense at this moment is better than it was last year. And now look, something I also think thought of was the fact that remember Josh Donaldson and IKF that trade, remember when that trade happened, that trade happened like two weeks before the season, right? It happened in March. So it's not like totally out of the question that we could see something, some sort and of. And they also happen. got Jose Trevino right before the right, season. Right, exactly. So like that, you know, that was literally, I think, like 10 or so days before opening day. So it's not like totally out of the question that the Yankees are done, but it, it kind of seems like that. Because remember, I was saying that I thought Glaber was going to get traded. Now that could still happen, but it doesn't really feel like there's been any sort of smoke around that. But who knows? We, we got two months but two months and change before opening day so a lot could still happen but yeah it's like i said it's tough for me to just say wow this offense is going to be better than last year it's if anything it's probably not going to be as good as last year and you know even last year with judge doing what he was doing this offense wasn't that great so that is that's kind of like my biggest concern obviously it's tough to be concerned at all with the pitching i will talk about frankie montes uh gonna miss at least the first month of the year which i mean it's kind of just another I think most of us didn't even think of that guy until we saw that headline. So that's kind of just where we're at with him. But yeah, like, like that's kind of where I'm at with this team right now. And I think, I think we're all at that, to be honest. I think we're all right there. Yeah. Look, the Yankees tend to 
fall short in a certain area, see another team or multiple teams have success in a certain area and just copy it the following year. So is it possible that the Yankees look at what the Astros did with Jeremy Pena last year? Uh, had, a, had a really strong year at shortstop in the regular season in, in place of Carlos Correa, but then went on to win both American League Championship Series and World Series MVP. Uh, obviously, you don't expect a guy like Oswald Peraza to come in and win MVP of multiple playoff series, right? But like the Yankees saw a team go all in on a young shortstop and just roll the dice because they trusted his development. Now, do we think that he can slot in and add to the offense? I, I would hope so. If they have him rated as high as they do, he's their number two prospect in their organization right but outside of that like and the left field is one. right so so left field is still an issue you've heard smoke and mirrors about brian reynolds all off season uh there were some other potential guys like bringing back andrew benintendi uh a few uh, there was in the past week or so people talking about well maybe what if you go for adam duvall i know he hits right-handed but he he plays decent outfield and he has a lot of power and he signed with the red sox so like we, what do we do? Do we roll out Aaron Hicks? We're not going to give a guy like Esteban. I think that the days of Esteban Florial having any opportunity in the big leagues are gone, right? He, he's stalled out for way too long. So do you go with Oswaldo Cabrera then? Like there's a lot of question marks. And, and to your point earlier where you, you really can't expect judge to hit 60 or more home runs in 2023. If he does, it's an insane story for the guy to have that kind of season back to back, but there's no way that he's going to do it again. Right? So there's going to be regression in that regard, even if he still has a fantastic season. So the question is, who's going to pick up the slack, right? The Yankees had the best defensive player in baseball and Jose Trevino on the platinum glove last year. Um, can he be that guy again next year? Maybe, uh, but he still did leave a lot to be desired offensively past like early June, right? He kind of really didn't do much. He was a great defender all year, worked really well at the pitching staff, but his, his offensive stats were earlier in the year. Higgy didn't really provide much as a backup. Josh Donaldson was dreadful. Aaron Hicks got far too many bats and who the hell knows what you're going to get for him this year. So yeah, there's a lot of places where it almost feels like we capped ourselves out last year and where's there room for improvement. So it, it's concerning. I'm, look, there's a lot of guys who can step up. You mentioned Harrison Bader who only played what, like, eight games or whatever it was in the regular season for us and had a phenomenal postseason. You can't expect that kind of guy over 162 games, but if he's much better than what we had from Aaron Hicks, there's some improvement there. I don't know, man. There's there's definitely a lot of talent on this team and an opportunity for guys like Glaber to have a, a comeback season. We don't have to deal with Joey Gallo anymore this year. DJ LeMay, who they were able to, to miss or avoid surgery with him. So hopefully he can put together a healthy season and be healthy at the end of the year when we actually need him. Um, there is opportunity, but it just feels like this team is good enough to probably enter the season as the American League East front runner. But that's about as far as it goes. Like I expect them to win in the 90-ish games this year. I expect them to obviously make the playoffs. But do we think this team, as currently constructed, is a World Series contender right now? I know it's only yeah. mid-January, but I, I don't. Yeah, and see, that's that's just the thing. Like. Obviously, I'm not like shitting on Hal for the off season he had, but I'm I also have a problem with the people who are like praising him, like oh, like well, what do you want Hal more to do? It's like, look, man, we like getting Rodone was great, but guess what? Our pitching was not why we got swept in the ALCS last year. We scored nine runs in four games, right? Like our pitching was not the like yeah, it did like does it help to shore up the pitching? Absolutely. But our, our problem year in, year out in the postseason is we just can't score. 
right? Like it seems like every time we get eliminated, it's not because our pitchers are just getting smacked all over the yard. We can't score. And like we've talked about, this offense doesn't really seem a lot better. Now, I do I do think there is a chance that, you know, guys have better years. Like we said, Bader and DJ and even, you know, Donaldson. Maybe Donaldson, ha- like, has because that's something that I was thinking about. And I think it's because everyone hates Donaldson so much. Like, almost like no one's considering the fact that he could actually, like, have, like, a better year than he had last year. Now... I'm not like I'm right there with everyone else. I'm really not counting on it, but like that is something that like look if he pops out 2025 home runs and gives us that same level of defense, that's huge, right? Because he like I think like I was looking at his numbers today. He was like the guy was so it really is crazy how awful he was offensively. I mean like 680 OPS, like didn't even hit 15 home runs. I mean that was just a total letdown to have. And we I mean we all expected. I mean we all were freaking out when we initially traded for him, so we kind of expected it, but. Uh, a bounce back year from Donaldson would just be huge. And not even like, obviously like a 30, 35 home run year. We don't expect that at his MVP numbers anymore. Just, just like an okay offensive year given with his defense. But yeah, like it's, it really is tough to just have confidence that this team is the favorites. And especially look, I mean, the defending champs, the Astros, they go out and get Jose Abreu. Like, obviously, you know, they, they lost. They lost Verlander, obviously, but we all know that pitching that entire pitching staff is just phenomenal still. So they're still the favorites. And the, if you have an off season where you do not make yourselves the clear favorites, you can't praise an owner for an off season, right? And that's why I just can't praise Hal for this off season. If he got out, if he went out and got a significant bat and added it to this lineup along with Rodon, I'd say, okay, you know what? That was a great off season. We we improved our offense we improved our pitching i've like i think we just improved our pitching we really didn't improve our offense we didn't we didn't sign any key offensive guy all we did was get rizzo and judge back right that doesn't make us better that's just retaining what we had last year so yeah like i said i i'm not like saying i'm i'm not shitting on hal but i also i'm not going to praise him for going out and getting carlos Rodon. right it's like okay that's a good move but we're still probably you know, not getting out of the AL at this point. Now it's a long season, still off season left a lot could change, but that's just kind of where we're at now. Um, something interesting I, mean, I saw today, though. Go on, G. I mean, I was going to say, I'm, you know, I'm going to sound like I'm shilling for the front office, but like, you know, the chill, Yankees chill. are always going to make all deadline moves too. So. I think the snappy line you'll probably hear is like, oh, the roster is never done until after the trade deadline, which is like true, but it's very yeah. unsatisfying now because you're going to play literally more than half your season with a same or similar, potentially worse uh, batting order. Um, but I suppose if I was going to go glass half full with it, um, obviously you're mixing in hopefully a full season of Oswaldo Cabrera. Um, left field is definitely a need. So, like, Cabrera was good. He had a, lot, a bunch of outfield assists in a short amount of time out there, and he seems like he's got a pretty, you know, reasonably live bat. Um, he's definitely got some juice, got some energy. I think the Yankees could benefit from that young, brash excitement kind of thing. Aaron Hicks is just, you know, God bless him. He's just washed. It's over. And I think, if anything, you might see, I don't know, John Morosi was saying the Yankees are kind of in on Jerickson Profar, which, like, wouldn't be a tremendously, you know, huge difference maker, but he'd definitely be better, like, comfortably better than Aaron Hicks. 
And otherwise, he also did say that um, Jack Curry was saying that um, he thinks the shortstop job is Oswaldo, Oswaldo, Jesus, Oswald Peraza's job to lose. Yeah. And let's We're, all just keep praying on that. Yeah, gee, we're going to do all do that like at least a dozen times a year with the Oswald and Oswaldo thing. And it's just <laughs> it's impossible to avoid. Um, um, yeah, like I, I also saw, um, I think it was Cashman or, or I think it was Boone that said Anthony Volpe was going to get a lot of reps in spring training as well. So I think that's like an outside chance. But hey, I mean, we've seen it before where a young guy will just absolutely kill it in spring training and earn himself that job. Right. So not for nothing. You know, because I want to hear the interesting thing that you're about to segue to. But it seems noteworthy that the Yankees have one player that they didn't agree to arbitration with being a middle infielder. And they also have two young middle infielders like on the cost. Not, you know, not for nothing. Not that I'm like trying to start a conspiracy theory. But, like, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, obviously we mentioned him earlier, but like you just said, yeah, the Yankees and Glaber did not agree on arbitration. I think Glaber was at 10.3. The Yankees were at 9.7 they countered with. So they'll go there. But yeah, the whole the whole Glaber thing. See, here's the interesting thing, right? But you look at Glaber, DJ, and Josh Donaldson, right? There's three guys that all expect to start, and there's only two spots for them, right? Now, I did see today that they had DJ taking ground balls at third. Now, that's not really like anything major. Like you know, they're they're going to expect DJ to play first, second, and third kind of all year. So that's kind of you know that he'll probably like have a third of each playing time at each position. So that's really not that big of a deal, but I, you know, I do think that's, you know, I, that's why it was, that was one of my main reasons why I thought they were going to trade Glaber because there's just not a spot for all those guys. Now I have heard some rumblings of people saying that they're going to start Donaldson on the bench this year and put DJ at third and uh, Glaber at second, but like, how, how are you going to put a guy on the bench? who's making 25 million. You know, I, I just don't think the Yankees are going to do that. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation. Another another thing is, you know, that you could just have DJ, you know, just rotate in and out, right? Like whoever needs an off day, DJ just fills in for him, whether it's Rizzo at first, whether it's Glaber at second, Donaldson at third, and you know, DJ plays four or five games a week. I don't know. But another and another thing to consider is, and I, I know Andrew feels this way too, DJ may be washed. Like, you know, he's had some bad injury luck. You know, I think he's gonna he's gonna be 37, like DJ just may go out there next year and just have like a wet noodle for a bat. And you're just like, oh, well, all right. Hold on a second. DJ. He's he's 34. He's... DJ's only 34. Yeah. His birthday. I thought DJ was a lot older. Regardless, though, he still made a lot. <laughs> Donaldson might so, be 37. Yeah. DJ, look, his birthday is in July. So he will turn 35 during the season. So Bello, he's getting Bello's in the neighborhood of being over the hill, but I mean, yeah, Josh Donaldson's 37. That's what you were confusing. Okay. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. I think also in terms you could, of, you could still get washed at 34 though. That's no, I mean, I think DJ could definitely be like a better player. If you put DJ in there for 300 at bats and, you know, Donaldson, the 300 at bats, like it, I wouldn't it would have to be hate that, but like, I think, there's just some level setting required here because DJ is not going to be the guy who batted 364 in 2020. He's just he's just not going to go back to that, and that's no, okay. But like, you can still bat him. I mean, I guess you could still bat him lead off. You could bat him fifth or sixth, whatever, and he could bat you know 270 and hit you know put the ball in play. Like I think that's fine. I just you know, it's 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 just a little bit of expectation resetting that i think needs to happen right with dj 
still would be perfectly fine with them rotating and taking Donaldson at bats and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It really is going to be interesting. Another thing I realized is we, we were planning on talking about this uh, later in the show, but remember, the month before this year is going to be different in terms of the month before the season because the World Baseball Classic is going to be going on. So I, not that no teams will make moves while guys are there, but I do think that will co- maybe complicate things just a bit, right? Um, I'm very yeah, and you also have to worry about, like, you knock on wood now, but like you don't want guys to get hurt playing for their their country right right that like that opportunity obviously is is present as well and as scary as it is and as much as you hope that not just for our team for any team you don't want to see any player cut down in a in a non-regular season you don't want to see any player get hurt in any situation but certainly not um anything other than an exhibition tournament right um but yeah like that that is it is different where it's it's like a pre-spring training yeah, it's that's that's the thing. I, I like I don't think it will freeze teams from making moves, but I do think it's just going to be a bit more complicated. But guys, let's talk about news we heard this week. Frankie Montes is going to miss at least the first month of the season. So when I see at least the first month of the season, you know what I say? You know, you know what I see? see He's coming in back in July. That's what I see. See in, see in the All Star break for after the All Star yeah. break, Frankie. Oh uh, yeah, it's especially like I said, shoulder injury, the same injury that yeah. he was dealing with last year. So clearly, it was never healed. Why they just uncovered it in the first ten? It's or like my, so it's days my pet peeve. It's my pet peeve in sport when uh, like you hear two, three months in the offseason, oh, this guy just got this surgery. It's like, wait a minute, like you, it wasn't like been... he was working. Like if he was throwing yeah. in the Dominican and he hurt himself, then it's like, ah, well, that's just shit luck. But like they've had this guy's medicals. Since they traded for him, they should have. They should have been. I almost think that you shouldn't have traded for him in the first place because he was damaged goods when they got him, and he clearly wasn't right. But the fact that they weren't able to treat it, like they shut him down, what two weeks before the the end of the season last year, and they thought like, oh well, if he if they make the ALCS, he might come back. I think he did make one appearance and was terrible. But uh, like clearly, they've had this guy under under watch the whole off season. Like, how did this just pop up now? Like, did he need a surgery? Why didn't he get it in November? Like that, then you're talking about if it's a six month recovery. Well, then he's, he's ready to go in, in May at worst, but at least you, you got the surgery out of the way. Right. Like I, there's just so many things, man. And yes, Andrew, um, remember Frankie Montes is one appearance. Remember they brought him in game one in like a two run game. Oh my God. That was, that was the game. Yeah. Right. Yep. Christ. So sorry I brought that PTSD, up. Yeah, PTSD. Uh, yeah, yeah, Aaron PTSD. Boone's tour de force of punting games. Yeah, remember Pena, Pena hit the home run off him, I believe. My God. Um, yeah. No, it was just it was just one. I'm well, not Park, disappointed. Park got too, so that's what I'm I'm projecting. I'm about to pee. I'm just mad. I'm not disappointed because that would imply that I had expectations for him, which I really didn't. But, like, it's very annoying, and hopefully – I mean, they still have a great, like, one through four. Um, but, yeah, that fucking sucks. And at this point, it's just like a wait until he gets healthy and then try to get whatever the fuck you can out of him. Yeah, that's, like I said, that's all you could hope for. If you get any sort of production from him at, at this point, it's it's a plus. But I, I really don't think that's going to be something you miss. I mean, he was so bad last year. Um, the fact that our top, like, look, the top four of our rotation, uh, Cole, Rodone, Nestor, and Seve, I mean, that's an outstanding top four. At that point, you know, you could throw me out there for the five, and I think you'll be fine. So 
it's it's disappointing like i said that just to hear it's montas is once again hurt and, and like you know we literally like andrew just said we traded for a guy that's basically damaged goods but whatever um other news guys play play the eulogy music or all this chapman is the kansas city royal Rest um, in piss. You know, I mean, like, Chapman, this he is, had some good play moments the as a Yankee. He had some good oh, moments Of course as he Yankee. does. But that was also, like, six years ago at this point. But he also and had some every, very All the baggage. <laughs> right. So, like, he even, like, the taking and the domestic he, violence, and he's, he's out, shit. which is already enough to condemn him, right? Yeah. The fact that he, he missed time because he got a tattoo on his leg during the season yeah. and it got infected, which his contract explicitly just, prevented that. Right. And then the fact that he was a head case. Like, there's so many things that yeah. he did. I, I was trying to play devil's advocate a bit because, you know, overall, he still did have a 2.94 ERA as a Yankee. But overall, you know, just way too many blowup outings, way too many, you know, like you said, Andrew, off the field baggage issues. And obviously, as Yankee fans, we're, you know, we're all just forever going to be spoiled from Mo. But yeah, man, it's like I understand it's tough to find a great closer because it truly is one of the toughest things to, you know, be consistent at. But, but my God, man! <laughs> there is nothing. There is um, nothing. Not more... Go on, Jay. No, I mean not to interrupt, but like the thing about Chapman. Well, I don't know. The thing that I'm imagining right now is like the clip from SpongeBob where they're. He's like, I'm leaving, and then he's crying. But when he's fake crying, he's in the house like laughing and celebrating. Like that's basically, I think, what the entire Yankee. Oh, it's like exactly. Squidward's like boo-hoo, and it just starts. Boo-hoo. Like, boo-hoo. <laughs> the, the, the thing I'm going to miss most, or not miss at all about Chapman, is when he would come into a game, and the first pitch would just be like off the backstop. And you'd be like, oh, boy. It's going to be oh, one of those boy, yeah, Here we yeah, go. So... Like 3-0 already? Wow. Like, like, I remember, like, you would just get, like, go up to get a drink, and then you'd, like, turn around, there's already a runner on first, and there's already, like, a 2-0 count on the second guy. Like, oh, man, this, he gets someone warm in Boone. But, yeah, um, one I, year, the three thing about Chapman, million for Chapman. So, um, this account at, at Yankee WRLD, Yankee World, on Twitter was saying, he goes, Chapman, the, the Yankees play the Royals in July. He goes, Chapman will either strike out the side on nine pitches or walk four batters, hit two, and get zero outs in this series. There's no in-between. I saw another tweet. It was like, I can't wait to see Chapman do the stare down in front of like 5,000 people in Kansas City after getting his first save and eight opportunities. And I'm like, wow, this is scarily accurate. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, the thing about Chapman, I will say, like, you know, obviously he's a piece of shit and kind of a, you know, bad judgment guy. But like, in terms of performance, he was very good for a couple of years. Um, but I mean, the thing that happened over the last, you know, however many years, baseball has been happening more and more. Like, everyone throws a hundred now. Like, everyone does. So it's not, you know, I mean, look, if you have a good fastball, then it could be 98, it could be 108. Like, if you have a good fastball, then like, and you can locate it, which, you know, he struggled with as the years went on, but like, a lot more people throw the same speed that he does now, so it's probably like less of a thing that you're facing Chapman. It's like, oh, he throws so much harder than everyone else. He doesn't. And I will say, notably, after sticky stuff was removed, he couldn't control the pitch worth a goddamn where it was going. So, like, yeah, but here, here's the terrifying thing, um, and I don't want to gas this guy up for having um, a- any form of good season because I hope he just rots away in Kansas City. But it's a one-year deal. He's a long-time closer. 
he still has a really good fastball, a really good splitter. The problem is locating. The problem is staying healthy. The problem is his off-the-field stuff. If the Royals aren't good, he's prime trade candidate. Like, think about yeah, a he'll be an Astro before we like, know it. Like an Astro or Tampa Bay or some <laughs> team that can actually fix him. How horrifying <laughs> is that? He's all right. Now that I've just convinced myself that he's is gonna so, be a that Astro is so by hysterical. I'm so sorry, guys, but you know that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> okay, so guys, Chapman's quick question: Where does the role does Chapman rank on the all-time Yankee saves list? Do you know all the time? answer, or are we just guessing? Yes, I, I do know the top answer. three, right? Yep, he's number three, right behind Mo and Rigetti, and he's two ahead of Gossage. Two, he has a hundred. Is I mean, he did have Chapman having 153 saves, and a, he only had 18 blown saves with us. Like, is that? Am I reading that right? It felt like 80. yeah. His a <laughs> lot of his bad outings were when he came in with yeah. runs and blew it's, them all, it's, or he came yeah, in tight games. I guess, or they would take him out before he could blow it. Well, and you like still get the, the you still get. Well, I'm uh, saying like a lot of times, let's say he would come in, load the bases, and you know, maybe let up a oh, run. Oh yeah, yeah. you still get the earned runs, but the person right. actually is pitching when the runs crossed. Like he the he didn't get the save, but it, it was it, he would technically get the hold, you know, since like he didn't blow the lead. But yeah, so well, he would get the loss. Well, it, again, or or if the the guy after him gave the lead, he would get the earned runs. He would get the loss, but he wouldn't right. get the blown save because he wasn't the guy on the mound when the runs came in to tie the game. So that could be a lot of those yeah. cases too. Just to show you the difference, I mean, Aroldis Chapman for the Yankees had 153 walks and 294 innings. Mariano Rivera, 286 walks and 1,283 innings. Oh, God, that's crazy. So, yeah, you know, Aroldis Chapman gave us gave us some memorable moments, let's just say. Um, but, yeah, um, who's the closer to start the year? Is it Clay? Are, are they going to go with Clay? I know that was – it's got to be Clay. I think you yeah. you pencil him in, and then if he is a disaster again with his control, then he can be swapped out for for King when he's healthy, for Peralta, for inserts anyone else here. If Tommy's elite, like who the hell knows, right? But I think it's Clay's job to lose. Yeah. Um, like I said, it was a bit shaky at times for him last year, but I do think they'll pencil him in at least to start the year. Um, I'll tell you who won't be the closer next year: Miguel Castro. Yep, Miguel. Didn't he go to the Marlins? Where Where is he now? <laughs> Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. That's right. The Miguel Castro experience. Good riddance. Yeah, he he wasn't that bad. I mean, the thing bad. is, he was either awesome or miserable. He was just he was he was just right-handed Chapman, right? Like his stuff is so gross that like when he was on, you weren't touching him. But if he didn't have control, oh boy, <laughs> batting down the hatches. And Andrew, I'm kind of disappointed that when you mentioned Andrew Benatendi, you didn't announce him as highest free agent signing in White Sox history, Andrew Benatendi. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Yeah, yeah. So, I remember when they said that. Like, I couldn't, like six, seven, 75 million, right? Yeah, 675. Like, I was like, wow, that's because you don't, you don't like look at the White Sox. as Obviously, they, you know, we they won a World Series, you know, 15 years ago. Like, you don't view them as like a super small market team. But then someone's like, oh, yeah, that was their biggest free agent signing ever. I'm like, wait, really? Like seventy five, like they've never signed like a bigger deal than that. That's cra- that's that's crazy. You got to figure the only people that they probably paid big money to were um, like I, I. I mean, they had Frank I, Thomas. They had right. Know, a lot of those Mirko, guys were probably re-signed. Maglio, like they probably right. gave them extensions, right? But they weren't free agents. Right. Uh, actually, I wonder if they is that net new free agent signings. Like if if a player of theirs 
has their contract expire and then they re-sign them in free agency. Does that count? Or did, did they sure. extend those guys before they were all, in free agency? All I remember seeing that's why they're not on the list. All I remember seeing was Ben Attendee, biggest white, and I said, wow, that's that's wild. So, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people want Ben Attendee back, but I really, I don't know. I, I think he may be done with that wrist. Like, that wrist injury is really tough to come back from at his age. So, we'll see. We'll see. Knowing us, we'll be hitting 350 by uh, May. Yeah. Let's <laughs> just start luck. Uh, guys, anything else we got tonight? I can't wait to watch Josh Donaldson pimp a 275-foot fly ball to left field <laughs> on opening day. Guys, I'm... I, this was a Mets fan that posted this, but it just really made me laugh. It was like, Aroldis Chapman is the only player to ever give up a walk-off home run at home. You remember that game? It was like Yankees-Mets. And the the Mets were like, it was at Yankee Stadium, but the Mets were home. I think it was during the COVID year. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, that's so funny. See, I'm telling you, Chapman just has so many, like, memorable the man has a, a he's had a very interesting career and also i will say that in an era of elbow injuries he never had one which is kind of remarkable and i will say like even after you know you were saying g how yeah like at a certain point a lot of guys threw as fast as he could and it kind of affected him but he was like when he had that splitter working i mean that pitch was nasty like he kind of had like a little revival there for like and it was definitely like, a, probably a lot because of the sticky stuff but I would say I would really love to see what the alternate, the alternate timeline when there's still sticky stuff, how much more effective Chapman would be at this point. But, you know, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. Um, but, yeah, guys, uh, let's, can we, let's you talk know, about I just thought about completely randomly because we were talking about relievers. Go, on, go for it. I, I know he's out for at least half the year, if not all the year. Chad Green's still a free agent, right? Surprised he hasn't yes. done one of those two-year deals with someone. Yeah. At a certain point, he's only 31. I know he got he got abused, but if no other team is showing interest, the Yankees got to just say, two-year deal, fine, if we get anything out of you. In I was going to say, the Yankees... Do it, right? And we'll, we'll gas up again for, for 2024. Like, buy low on the bounce back of stuff that potentially happens after you have Tommy John surgery, like... Yeah. I mean, I do. It cost them fucking nothing to do that, right? I mean, yeah, I still feel like Chad Green is just still on the Yankees. Like he's just one of those guys that's been on the Yankees for like my whole life. It feels like. I mean, so, like Adam Warren. Right. Oh, he actually Adam Warren actually just announced his retirement. I don't know if he just did, but I saw he's actually retired now. So, props to Adam Warren. I always liked him. Um, Who'd have thought we'd be mentioning Adam Warren on a podcast <laughs> in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty three? Yeah. Hey, he was a solid pitcher for a bit. Was that today? He announced it literally I'm today. This up. Yeah, it was literally announced today yeah. by Hoke. Uh, I, yeah, it was Hoke and Hoke said it because I guess they were, there was some like Yankee camp thing going and Adam Warren was there and it was like eight years. Adam Warren's calling it a career. I said, wow, good for him. That's what I would tell like so many of these guys staying for so long. But yeah, like, you know, seven, eight years, made decent money. He's probably got like a family now. He's like, you know what, dude, I'm out. I'm going to do my own thing. Props to him. Um, I think he's paid him for two or three years to not really do anything except like hey, work out and rehab. So that's the American dream. True. Uh, guys, let's talk about the Carlos Correa saga. Um, Cause that whole saga went on like between obviously our last episode and this one. And wow, what a wild ride. I mean, I think what <laughs> think uh, Nick in our uh, group chat and she's like, I think Carlos Correa literally in the past month has signed almost a billion dollars worth of contracts. 
My favorite one was Carlos Correa agreed to a contract with 10% of the entire league in the yeah, span literally. of a month. Literally, it was just an unreal time. And the fact that the Twins got, ended up getting him back. Um, kind of makes sense because they, they knew his, his medicals better than anyone else having. I knew anyone else. Like, last year, but the, the Mets thing was just so funny in the way that they came in, swooped in uh, right as, as the, the Giants balked. And then they they pulled the same exact shit. And then there was that Cohen tweet that basically almost boxed them into like they kind of had to, but not really. And then their counter offer was kind of the, hey, look, we wink, wink, tried to re-sign him. What was it like six years, $157 million instead of the Twins gave him six for 200. But also as a, as a contingency as part of that deal, it was, it was fully guaranteed if he took a physical after every season and passed it. So at any point in time, he failed the contract, they could just walk away like, yeah, what like the hell was it was that? like I the get lawyers. It, it's protecting them, but piss off, man. Yep. Uh, it was yeah. like the lawyers in the front office people who convinced Steve Cohen not to do it. Dude, like if it was a question of just like 45 or whatever, 50 million dollars, like that's like a fucking penny for Steve Cohen. Like I'm surprised he didn't just push it through, honestly. God, God. I'm sorry, guys, but I just found a video on my time. Um, shout out Playoff Tanaka, one of the best Yankee Twitter accounts out there. He posted a Earldus Chapman tribute video. Is it just him blowing everything? It's just him blowing everything. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the, the top reply is just, he really was one of the closers in baseball. <laughs> oh, God, that's so great. Oh, true. True, like just truly one of the players of all time, you know. Just uh, yep, he sure was a baseball player. He, he right. sure was a baseball player. Oh god, definitely, definitely, uh, not good, not good. Um, yeah. So the you know Carlos Correa is like, I I just couldn't believe that like whatever was showing up in his physicals was like that bad. You know, because like, I'm like, look, this dude's been a great shortstop for all these years. Like, I think I think these teams were overthinking him. Now, who knows? We could be wrong. Maybe in three years, he's he can't even run to first base. He's so washed. But I don't know. And if like if you're the twins, like you're never getting you're probably never getting a type of guy like that for a while. So it I just enjoyed the whole thing where like we were all basically like treated like we were fucking idiots when he goes back and he's like, you know. I'm home and this is the fucking right. place I want it to be. We're like, dude, we all watched the last month happen. But like, you know what? He got his deal and that's fine and good and wonderful. But I was just like, you know, we all watched the shit that just took place <laughs> over the last month, right? Like Um But, you know, now he's resigned to uh lose to the Yankees in the first round of the playoffs for the rest of his career. So that'd be cool. Yep, that's one thing we got going for us. We we still dominate the Twins, right? Uh, we will always have that, I think. Hopefully, um, once we once we stop having that, then we're really in the shitter. Yeah. Um, Andrew, any final thoughts for tonight? Do you want to talk a little World Baseball Classic? Ah, uh, yes, that's what we're. Let's end the show with World Baseball Classic. Um, so I think we're almost exactly two months out from it starting because I believe it's going to start in mid March. Um, I'm super excited for it. Um, obviously, as I, you guys know, and many of our listeners know, I am a Florida man and Florida, Miami has, we have the best table down here. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's, you know, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, 
the Dominican, who are probably going to just steamroll everyone. Let's be real. Um, you mean like the Puerto Rico, the the Dominican Republic seems like the '92 Olympic basketball yeah, team. They're gonna yeah, fucking beat everyone. It is insane. I mean, they're hit, like obviously their offense is good, but like that pitching is just insane. Obviously, Sandy is gonna you know be anchoring them, and it's it's great. Like the fact that a guy like Sevy is probably like probably not even gonna crack the rotation, you know. But yeah, the pool the the pool of death really is Puerto Rico, Venezuela and the Dominican all in the same table. I believe only two of those teams can make it through. So yeah, that's going to be a bloodbath. Um, obviously the U S is in the table with Mexico, Colombia, and Canada. And yeah, like it, it's, it's kind of, it's something that doesn't get like covered. I feel like as much as it should, but I mean, obviously we all remember the last, the last one in uh, San Diego out West. That game was awesome. Um, this should be another great tournament. And yeah, I'm gonna try to go to a bunch of the games down here because the final is gonna be in Miami as well. So it's gonna be fun, guys. It's gonna be fun. Uh, but yeah, like, look, it's probably gonna be the Dominican. I mean, Puerto Rico and the U.S. both have great teams as well, but uh, I don't think anyone's touching that Dominican team. No, Dominican is just an embarrassment of risks, right? So, um, so, so who who their their starters? Right? You have Gary behind the plate, then you have um, J Ram at second, Julio mm-hmm. in center, Juan Soto in right, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Devers, Devers. Devers. Um, and that's just they, the, it's the pitching is the crazy. Like, the offense obviously is great, but like the pitching for me is just like obviously like we made a joke that it's Sandy and, and the Astros pitching staff, but don't they have <laughs> Luis Castillo too? <laughs> yeah, I mean Luis Castillo, Javier, Framber, um, and then the bullpen arms, right? Like Diego Castillo. Uh, Freddie Peralta, I mean, no Gregory Soto, Johan Duran. Well, I mean, I don't know. Oh, like, we we didn't I mention Manny Machado at third base. Like, Machado. you know, home, whatever. Yeah, it's insane. Like, it really – Camilo Doval, who, you know, has one of the lightest arms in all of baseball. I mean, they're it, – it's like a factory. It, it's You know who's not going to be on the roster, who was originally listed? Frankie Montas. Yeah, he, you know – it's like the the clown meme with the soldiers. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, that's with that group. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be tough to beat them. It really is. The U.S. team, obviously, the U.S. team is you know is, has the potential to be amazing as well, right? Obviously, Judge has. I don't think Judge is playing. I don't, Judge hasn't said um, anything. No, they just that. announced today that that Mike Trout is is the captain of the U.S. team. Okay, he so probably would have been Judge if he was playing. So I don't I don't think it yeah. is. I uh, what do you call it? I, Trout and Betts in the outfield, obviously is you know quite the one-two punch yes. so the projected well. starting lineup is Trey you Turner. Have real muto behind the plate uh either alonzo or goldschmidt at first uh mcneil probably gonna play second then you have arenado at third like there's there's a lot of talent yeah. there no, the, U- the u.s has a great team as well they like it's see it's not the offense it's the pitching like the u.s just does not have no one does has the pitching as they make offenses could stack up with each other yeah but only but one country has has kyle schwarber so that's that's true. <laughs> that's actually a good point. Shorbo. Um, but yeah, that, I'm really excited for that. That's something like if you're a baseball like because, you know, I feel a lot of baseball fans, maybe that, you know, that's something they don't necessarily watch. If you've never watched the World Baseball Classic before, make sure you tune into some games like the Is Yachty playing for, for Puerto Rico or no? I know he retired I, from MLB, but is he going to play in this tournament? That That's actually an interesting question. Maybe I could see him doing that as kind of like a last hoorah thing, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I am not. Oh, 
That's I see Andrew. You Google. He's gonna manage Team Puerto Rico at World. No Baseball way. Classic. Yeah, he's gonna be the. I'm not sure if he's gonna be like the pet main manager, but yeah, it says manager Yadi Molina. Wow, look at that. Yeah, he'll become Puerto Rico's manager at the 2023 tournament. That's sick. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> We're wondering. It's like, is he gonna be playing? Well, he's gonna be in a uniform. Oh, check this out. Apparently, he was a manager of a, a Venezuelan winter league team, and they made the playoffs. Oh. So he clearly isn't. He's got. He's got that tough. <laughs> He's yeah. got that touch. Most catchers do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, Guys, I don't know how Team USA is going to recover from the loss of Trevor Story. Wow. Tragic. That's a good point. We didn't talk the Red Sox. Do so you want to talk about what, what the hell they were doing this offseason? Well, guys, remember who won? Who, who this is a great won. way to end the show. Let's talk about the Red Sox. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so that, that's where we'll – let's, you know, a few minutes. And look, the Red Sox obviously has had some success in the past, but – you know, in the last like 10 years, but over the these past couple of years, like I, I truly believe Bloom is just, he's like a plant. I truly believe he's a Yankees fan and he's just like sabotaging the Red Sox because I like anything I see come out of Boston. I'm like, huh? I'm like, what are, what are they doing? Like that now they're going to have the, you know, they just got Duvall. They're talking about putting him in center field. I mean, they're, they're, they're cutting they're, payroll. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we know like, the fact that they re-signed, they extended Devers shocked me. Like, I thought for sure that he was just, you know, not going to have a deal and they were either going to trade him at the trade deadline or he was going to be gone in the offseason. So that actually surprised me. But, yeah, them letting Bogarts walk and then just having no idea what to do at short is just, like, like I, I know Red Sox fans will always try to act like they're a small market team, but they're not. You know, like, they have money. They could, they could spend it. And, you know, a guy like Bogarts, I mean, like, Bogarts, I think – like I, in my opinion, that that dude is so underrated because so many people just you know don't see him as like you know like the fact that Correa was like getting so much so much bigger contracts than him. Like obviously Correa is a few years younger, but I think like you know those two guys are kind of at similar skill levels, and yeah, that's that's a rough to, to, for the Red Sox to let him go. And really, like I said, everything that I hear come out of Boston just does not make sense. Like they. I do not know what they're doing over there. So I will say about um, Duvall is that he played 44 games in center field for the Braves last year. And if he does play center field for the Red Sox, that allows them to move Kike Hernandez back to short. Um, I think he's probably better as a second baseman, but uh, they need a shortstop. So <laughs> I got to tell you, man, since I live here, the morale is not great among yeah, the Red Sox that. fans. I and I think that. it's goddamn hilarious. Um, yeah, they had some they had some good years, but it's it's looking pretty rough ahead for them. Um, and look, look, forget their offense. I mean, their pitching just like I think for I remember we were saying that for like a few years before it, their pitching actually did get really bad. Like I would just look at their rotation and their bullpen every year and be like, wait, how is this team not allowing like twenty runs a game? And last year, like, was the first year. Finally, it was like, okay, there we go. I mean. Who was it? The Blue Jays that had that game where they literally had what they're almost thirty runs against them, like that was that was insane. Like they had like it was like twenty eight. Was that the uh, was that the Tapia inside the park Grand Slam? Yes, yeah, Little League Grand Slam game. It, that that was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, it's pretty rough in Boston right now. But you know, at the, you know at this point, it's tough for me to enjoy that too much until the Yankees actually win something. You know, just kind of being honest with that. Uh, so yeah, that's where we're at right now. Um, guys, when's the next show going to be? When's the next, what, what's going to happen in the next week? Anything? Are we getting a big trade? Are we getting some big news? 
is anyone else going to get, we're going to find out anyone else needs surgery and going to be out till July. What's next? You had to say that, didn't you? Uh, look, it's just, I'm, <laughs> I'm genuinely wondering here. We're just so jaded. <laughs> it's, it's tough not to be. It is tough not to be. But guys, any final thoughts? Um, trade Aaron Hicks and for a new vending the machine. Other dude. The Yankee yeah. Facility. That's all. Yankees could use some, you know, fresh, some new snacks. you know, batting practice baseballs or something. Uh, um, I don't know. But all the season. <laughs> yeah, all in all, you know, we're still a couple months out, right? It's starting to, it's starting to appear a bit closer, right? Uh, I do think that like we were just talking about the World Baseball Classic. I do think that's going to be just such a great way to start off the season because that's literally that you know once that's over, then we're going to be two weeks away from the regular season, I believe. So, looking forward to that. That's going to give us some good, solid, competitive baseball before the Yankees and. That's pretty much all we got tonight uh, for Luigi, for Andrew, for G. This was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>